what would somebody follow up with? What would their next question be? If you said, I'm a personal trainer and then you just stopped talking, what would somebody follow up with? <laughs> so there's kind of three, three different answers that I tend to get to that or three different follow-up statements. So one where they're just like, oh, I hate the gym and I never want to talk to you about fitness. <laughs> Let's not talk about anything because you're clearly a personal trainer. You have no interesting thoughts. So I'm just going to leave awkwardly and move on to the other side of the room. Uh, option number two is the person kind of comes out with some guilty statement about the fact they had some cake earlier that day or they start telling me all about their nutrition because again they think that's the only thing I'm interested in or because I'd suddenly had quite a few cancellations as you can imagine because being a gym-based personal trainer quite a lot of my clients came to me to do weights if they weren't going to be able to do weights and they didn't necessarily want to carry on training so I suddenly had a fair amount of free time and I was like okay what can I do with this time how can I plan for the future how can I plan for three weeks time when we're supposedly going to go back to normality so it was okay in three weeks time these are the products I'm going to launch this is how I'm going to make sure that everything's safe that we're able to go back into a training environment we're going to three weeks roll around obviously we weren't back in the gym we were told we were going to be in lockdown for another month and it just but it was amazing and and terrible timing all at once right because I I launched a digital product at the same time as every personal trainer on the planet suddenly realized they had no physical product and were giving away their digital product for free. So it's like, okay, right, I've just, I'm just launching this product. I want to charge this much, but every other personal trainer is currently doing IG Live. Hello and welcome to Year of the Pivot on the Beyond Networking Podcast. This season, we're learning from individuals and organizations who made monumental shifts in 2020 in order to keep their business alive and continue their mission. I'm your host, Brian Miller, an author, speaker, and consultant on human connection. Today's featured pivoter is Zabier Marshall. Zabier is a personal trainer and the owner of Multiply Performance based out of Bristol in the UK. I discovered Zabier while reading a BBC article about gyms in a COVID and post-COVID world. I've never been to a gym in my life, so I couldn't tell you why I was reading that article, but Zabier was quoted about successfully pivoting his personal training to an app-based business. I had to know more, so I sent him a cold message on LinkedIn, and three days later, we recorded this episode. In this conversation, we discussed people's perceptions of personal trainers, Zabier's initial emotional response to the 2020 lockdowns, how being marketing-minded allowed him to see what was next and what was needed for his clients, his new app-based training program, and his predictions about the future of the gym and fitness industry. It's a deeply insightful conversation, and it's a lot of fun. Check the show notes for all the ways to connect with Zabier. Head to yearofthepivot.com for the Pivot Power newsletter, get notified when a new episode drops, the Pivot Pearl of the Week, and gain access to exclusive live streams, masterminds, and clubhouse get-togethers. And now I bring you Xavier Marshall. This episode was made possible by Riverside.fm. 
Capture full, high-quality, raw audio and up to 4K video natively and without any internet interruptions. That's right, even if the internet blips out during the live call, your recording remains pristine. Head to Riverside.fm for your free trial and a big thank you for sponsoring Year of the Pivot. All right, Xavier. Is that how you pronounce your name, Xavier? Xavier, Xavier. Xavier. I'm going to start that over so I don't get... You know what? I'm not going to start that over. That's part of the interview. All right, uh, Xavier, uh, because we were just meeting as of a few minutes ago. Uh, Thanks so much for being here. I know it's a little bit later uh, your time. I, I really appreciate you coming out to do this. This is, this is awesome to talk appreciate to you. Appreciate you having me on. Before we get into your pivot story and all that stuff, what's on your plate like this week? What are you doing this week, this weekend? What are you What are you working on? So this weekend is fairly quiet for me, but over the course of the week, um, I've been working a little bit. So I'll talk a little bit more about the project I've been working on later, but I launched an app at the uh, start of the lockdown and just been working on a couple of other things because we've just released a new variant of that app and yeah, it's uh, obviously comes with some surprises. So yeah, no, we've uh, been just fixing those. So yeah, no, it's been a, been an interesting week, been an exciting week on that front. But yeah, yeah. So you you launched an app at the start of the lock that you mean back in March twenty twenty? Back, back in March twenty twenty. So just just two days before the start of the lockdown, we um we launched. So yeah, like we kind of had this. We knew that something was going to happen, and fortunately, because the gym started to quieten down in the UK in wow. the month, month and a half leading up to that, I had a little bit more time, and I've been working on it for a few years, but yeah, managed to just push it out just ahead of the uh, just ahead of March. So, wow! Thankfully. All right, so. In that case, why don't we just back up right away? Sometimes there's a different conversation we end up having for a while. But if that's what you're working on this week, then we should really provide some context for that. Let's let's make sure people. So anybody listening to this or watching this uh, has heard my one sentence description of who you are and what you do. But why don't you why don't you tell us? Let's go to a pre-pandemic world. Uh, if in case the answer would have been any different, uh, if you had met somebody at a cocktail party or a networking event, and they said, "What do you do? What did? What would you have said in a pre-pandemic world?" So, I would have just described myself as a personal trainer and just a run-of-the-mill personal trainer. I've worked in a gym since I was fourteen, and I've worked with some pretty cool people, but. Yeah, I would have just introduced myself to that and then let the conversation go from there. Just spoke, spoken more to the person about what they were looking for if they mm. were interested in what I did. But yeah, I don't so, necessarily use an elevator pitch necessarily. So Yeah, no, no doubt. So you would say personal trainer and then let them guide the conversation. And I'm I'm kind of curious, what what would somebody follow up with? What would their next question be if you said, I'm a personal trainer and then you just stopped talking? What would somebody follow up with? <laughs> so there's kind of three three different answers that I tend to get to that or three different follow-up statements. So one where they're just like, oh, I hate the gym and I never want to talk to you about fitness. <laughs> Let's not talk about anything because you're clearly a personal trainer. You have no interesting thoughts. So I'm just going to leave awkwardly and move on to the other side of the room. Uh, option number two is the person kind of comes out with some guilty statement about the fact they had some cake earlier that day or they start telling me all about their nutrition because again they think that's the only thing I'm interested in or someone comes to me and they're like oh that's really cool what what sort of stuff do you do what sort of training do you do and then we start to have a conversation about that and obviously about what they do for their training what their interests are what their goals are 
like both in and outside the gym and then yeah just have a nice chat yeah normally. yeah that's that's so funny because it sounds i i always thought that magicians had like our our big claim to be you know i, I was a full-time magician for 10 years i'm not anymore but i was uh and i did corporate high-end event entertainment and so man when i would meet people and they say what do you do and i say i'm a magician People get very excited and then ask all the weirdest questions, right? So sometimes I'd say I'm a magician and their first reaction, a lot of people would go, oh, my kids would love you. And I'd be thinking, <laughs> no, they wouldn't because <laughs> I'm a corporate event entertainer. Um, but, you know, people would ask, and I always used to think, wow, magicians, we must like really have a claim to the most difficult follow-up questions. But it sounds like you have all kinds of weird follow-up questions too. You get, you, you ever say I'm a personal trainer and people go, oh, can you like take a look at the, like I'm having trouble with my muscle, this one over here. Uh so many, so many different random, like people that just want to have an answer in about 30 seconds that they can then go off and it's going to fix them by the end of that evening is, yeah, it's just yeah. one of the biggest pain points for personal trainers. It's why we don't announce ourselves too often. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you'd rather, have you ever made something up? And because I, a good friend of mine in, in magic uh, who came on this, this podcast a few seasons ago, he, he said he got so tired at one point of saying he was a magician that he just started making up in that moment whatever the most boring job he could think of in that moment was just to see what people would do with it i've never i've never done it but i saw this great this, this great thing the other day where this woman just introduced herself as an accountant to everybody as a way to just avoid any follow-up conversation i think that's probably probably a pretty good shout <laughs> accountants i i always use accountants as my go-to boring job description i feel like accountants everywhere are just throwing their hands up all the time just like why are we always the ones um because i'm sure there's so many accountants that are like our job is so exciting if only people understood um all right, i don't so... think they exist <laughs> <laughs> don't think so so Okay, so that's what you would have told people. And today, with all the changes that we're about to get into, we're going to learn about your story and, and what's shifted. Would you still tell people today I'm a personal trainer? So obviously my role's evolved a little bit. I would still describe myself primarily as a personal trainer, but then as an online coach, a strength conditioning specialist, and potentially also one of the things I'm looking to work on is assisting other coaches. So assisting other coaches in building their businesses and building their brands. So I'll probably talk a little bit about that side of things as well. I wouldn't necessarily call myself an app developer just yet, but we'll see yeah. how that goes over the next year. And then maybe, maybe that will change and I'll just, that'll be my only, my only role. Yeah. Really, really cool. Uh, and, and real quick before we get your pivot story, do you own the gym you work, uh, or do you, you work for a gym? So I run my own personal training business, but I rent space at a gym. Got it. Okay. So not, not unlike stylists and hairdressers will often, um, they run their own business, but they rent space in a yeah. salon that has the equipment available to them. Is that about right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. So let's go back then to March. Uh, for us in the States, it was like March 12th to 14th. And I think for you guys, it was a little bit earlier. Um, it was like, I remember like the, the 36 hours or 48 hours that, uh, you know, changed my life for the rest of eternity. I don't, what were the days? Do you remember like what were like the two or three days for you? Was it a week earlier? Would you guys get hit a week before us? No, it wasn't. So, I mean, it was, it was, we got hit before you, but we didn't really have that much warning. Like it, mm -hmm. I still remember probably the three days leading up to 
the announcement that gyms were going to go into a lockdown, people saying it was never going to happen in the UK, it didn't make any sense. It was, and it, as much as you can understand the politics and the reasons for the lockdown, like, I don't think anyone, especially now, looking back, can refute that it was the right decision. It just felt so far fetched that it would happen. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was the day that lockdown got announced. We the gym was told to close that evening at 10 p.m. So I remember just being sat with the management team watching the press conference. And yeah, it was an emotional an emotional moment. It was um just just, just bizarre. Yeah, it was all three weeks as well. It was like, oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be going into a lockdown. We're gonna be coming out of this lockdown in three weeks' time. No one panic. That when I was just for anybody who's listening to the audio of this and not watching the video, I was watching your face and just seeing a mirror of what I was doing a year ago in the in the two days that it happened to us where I, you know, um, my listeners know at this point that at the time my wife and I had a baby on the way that nobody knew about yet. And so it was our first and, um, and, you know, and then, you know, knowing seeing the hundreds of cancellation emails come in for the next two years on my calendar and. I've only ever done this. I'm not qualified for anything. You know, I was just in that moment. I was like, oh my God, people didn't know. Our friends and family didn't even know we had a baby on the way because we hadn't told anybody yet. And I was just sitting there just in like a cold sweat going, oh my God, like what are we going to do? Like what is yeah. coming? So when you were just talking about that and you had that moment where um, I saw it on your on your face just now, even even through video conferencing from afar, from a different country, I could just recognize that that panic, that terror. So what what was your first active step or what were your first active thoughts well, or what my, was the first well, my, conversation my first you had? Um, yeah. So when it all happened, there was never any doubt in my mind that I would do something. It was always gonna I was always going to try to make the best of the situation but I remember when I first when it first happened it was like right okay how do I move as much of my business online as possible can I do sessions through zoom can I do sessions through google meet can I use the app to try and program for clients what's going to be the best situation on that front do I do a load of ig live workouts and jump around in front of a camera and make a fool of myself in that way did that that was that was that was great did you do tiktok did you tiktok I did not do TikTok. My little sister's just got on <laughs> okay. TikTok. You keep you keep a few extra points in my in my book for not succumbing to TikTok. But go ahead. I I mean I think I, I may be in a video on TikTok on someone else's account, but I am I'm I'm terrified of yeah social media. Social media has not been my friend throughout the whole lockdown, so we'll uh, we'll steer clear of TikTok as best as possible. Um, but yeah, so it was it was very quick. I I was just like, well, how do I how do I move forward? How do I get my clients to continue to have some some degree of service and moved as much of my business online as I could and yeah tried to try to figure out at that point it was because I'd suddenly had quite a few cancellations as you can imagine because being a gym-based personal trainer quite a lot of my clients came to me to do weights if they weren't going to be able to do weights and they didn't necessarily want to carry on training so I suddenly had a fair amount of free time and I was like okay what can I do with this time how can I plan for the future how can I plan for three weeks time when we're supposedly going to go back to normality so it was okay in three weeks time these are the products I'm going to launch this is how I'm going to make sure that everything's safe that we're able to go back into a training environment we're going to three weeks roll around obviously we weren't back in the gym we were told we were going to be in lockdown for another month 
and it just kept that kept on happening so that kind of like as i'm sure you can imagine when, but i'm sure what happened to you was similar to my story in the sense of yeah. you're there planning okay well when lockdown gets relaxed we'll then go out and we'll do our thing again so these are the ways in which i'm going to do it this is the way i'm going to improve my physical product so that i can make sure that i get as many sales as possible from the point when i'm allowed to start initiating that process again and obviously went through this thing and i was just making so many so many plans and i was planning out all these different eventualities for all these different possible circumstances we were going to come out into and i was just absolutely wiped out and stressed because i was fighting four different fights all at once just trying to make as many plans as possible and none of them were ever going to come to fruition so it was at that point i was like okay right what can i what can i do that allows me to still feel like i'm moving forward allows me to still feel like i'm making progress but doesn't require me to make plans that might never come about so i thought okay how do i strip my business down how do i figure out what my actual baseline product is, which realistically as a personal trainer is to facilitate other people in achieving their results. And how do I make sure that regardless of whatever circumstance we come out into, there is a product that is efficient that I can put out into the world in that environment. So that's what I've just been focusing on for the last year and a bit, really, just trying to make sure that I have a framework that I can work to that is as efficient as it can possibly be, provides the best possible service it can. And then I'll go from there when, it, when I'm eventually allowed to. Yeah, you know, what strikes me as you're talking about that is I forgot for a second I was talking to a personal trainer and it, it I I felt for a second there like, like I was talking to a marketer, and I mean that in a good way. What I mean is, mar and I, I really do, right? So not an advertiser, but a marketer. A marketer is somebody who who weaves a, the right story in the right way to people who need to hear it in order to facilitate a change that they want. That's what marketing is. That's what it should be, right? That's what good marketing is. And so marketers have a really, really good marketers have an understanding of how to, uh, in in one perfect sentence with real clarity, explain what they do, why it matters and who it's for. And you clearly had after the initial flailing of let's try anything, which I did too. Yeah. My goodness. We, when people tell me they're like, how were you so successful? Everything you've done in the last year has worked. I'm like, no, it hasn't. I no, failed like 22 different things. I tried everything. Me and my management, my agents, we were like, let's try this. No, okay, that didn't work. How about this? Nobody's buying that? Fine, let's try this thing. We just did it until something worked, until something stuck. But but you had this really clear, uh, a few minutes ago, you, you, you described when you said, I had to strip down my business to what it, you know, basically the essentials, like what it really is and what do you do? And you said, I don't remember the exact words, but you said something to the effect of you, you help people facilitate the change that they want to see for themselves. Right. Yeah. And that understanding and that clarity to me is what clearly helped you move forward into the fact that a year later, you're still in business and you're still, you're still doing this by going, what is it that I do? Who's it for and what change does it create for those people, right? Because you knew right away the weights people, they were no longer going to be part of your business. And it sounds like I'm sure that was difficult to accept for a day or two, but it sounds like you pretty much went, okay, they're not going to be a part of my business. And you didn't, you don't waste time trying to get 
customers, trying to get clients, trying to get an audience who are not the right people for you? It was it was it was a very clear realization at that, at that point. Obviously, coming out of if if you can't train in the gym and people only like to train in the gym, there is no point in trying to cater to those people. There are things that they they may change their mind down the line. They may get bored of sitting around and not doing anything, especially after three weeks had gone by. Quite a few of them were like, well, I need to do something because I can't just drink myself into oblivion every night. So I got a few people coming back and contacting me at that point. But like you say, there, there is my my job is to help people that want to receive that help and want to receive that support. If someone no longer wants that from me at that particular point in time, that's 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 fine. And I just need to find people that do still want that support or want something that I can offer. And then, yeah, move with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seth Godin, who's kind of a marketing legend, since I was kind of just on that track of marketing, he's somebody that I'm um, is kind of a hero and a mentor of mine. You know, he says all the time, he says, shun the non-believers. And, and what he means by that is, is most people are not for you. Most people are not going to be your customer, your client, your audience. And that's okay. That recognizing this person is not for me and then doing the generous thing of saying to them, actually, you're not for me right now. This isn't for you. Uh, but if you go over there, that thing is for you or those people are for you or this business will help you better than I will. And just generously sending people to whatever or whoever will help them get that change and then just focus so you're still being a positive force in the world but then you're also paring down what you do and keeping your energy and your time reserved for helping the people that are your people so it it, it sounds like that's exactly what you did i mean that kind of sums up my approach to the fitness industry generally though i think that the fitness industry's got this real problem whereby coaches think that they have to fight for every possible client it's it's meant it's seen as this really competitive environment and actually like you just said what i offer isn't the right product for every single person some people want someone who's going to support them in a slightly different way to the way i do do something do something different in terms of the training focused a little bit more on the nutrition side of things than i would focus on with that individual yeah and, and that's yeah. and that's okay that's that's fine i don't need to to cater to everybody and not everybody is going to want to buy my my particular product or my or buy into my particular brand and that's that's fine i can promote other people that provide that service and then i can and then yes. hopefully receive that same that same sponsorship back almost yeah in terms it, of exactly yeah. exactly and and that's viewing the people who are also in your industry, not as competitors, but just as a part of a community that you're, we're, the, okay, there is no zero sum game. You don't, you, uh, to paraphrase Simon Sinek, you don't, you can't win at business. There's no such thing. You can't win at being a personal trainer. There's no such thing. You're not, you're, you're, you never beat somebody. Uh, you can be a little ahead or a little behind, but you, the game never ends. If you stopped being a personal trainer, personal trainers don't stop. The game just keeps going. And so you may as well play it and ignore the other, you know, it's kind of like, it's not like golf. You don't, I mean, I don't golf, no. so I don't know why I'm pulling this example, but I don't golf at all. So maybe this doesn't you make sense, but, but. I, I gather I gather in golf the one of the things people love about golf is that you really are just competing against yourself. The other people are not allowed to smack the ball out of the way or go knock it or go run into you. It's just you. That's I feel like more people could benefit, more freelancers, artists, business owners could benefit from that kind of a mindset that I'm not playing against anybody. I'm just playing against myself. 
I'm just trying to... If you collaborate with everybody and you bring up the quality of the product that is being offered, like if I offer my product to someone who's not going to benefit from it, then all that person is going to go away with is they're going to go away with this sense that personal training isn't for them, fitness isn't for them. And they'll probably turn around to their friends and say to their friends, oh, personal training is rubbish. I got nothing from it. There was no point in me. And it was just really expensive. Whereas if I turn around and I send that person to someone who is going to support them in the way that they need, they have a really good experience. They get a really good good result. They're going to turn around to their friends and say, oh, the fitness industry is fantastic. Personal trainers are great. It's well worth the money. And then the whole fitness <laughs> industry grows as a result of that, right? That that's right, man. I mean, when I was when I was a magician, you know, and I did corporate, as I said, and uh, and I would get requesting calls for seven-year-old birthday party shows even because apparently people don't read the website it says corporate event entertainment and all the photos are of me in suits and then people will be like can you do my seven-year-old's birthday party uh maybe that seven-year-old was was also in a suit though that's right never know that's right and and so i would send those people I'd say, no, I actually don't do that. I'm not the right person for you, the right magician, but uh, let me send you to the best uh, children's entertainer, the best kids magician in Connecticut. You'll be very, very happy. And I'd send them over there and he would uh, on occasion when somebody misread his website, which was all colorful and with balloons and they'd call and say, can you come do this VIP client dinner corporate event? He'd go, no, but actually let me send you to the best corporate entertainer in New England. He'll take care of you. And it just, the, the whole the whole industry wins when you do that as opposed to if I had done a crappy birthday party show or or even worse, if he had done a kids magician had done a crappy corporate event, those corporate event planners would be like, actually no to magicians forever from now on, right? Yeah. Like it's just, yeah, no. it's not One good. bad experience so, just, yeah, yeah, completely yeah. outweighs all the positive ones out there. So I really want to talk about this app because actually the way that you and I got connected uh, was I was reading an article on BBC.com about a few businesses locally in, you're in Bristol, right? I am in Bristol, yeah. Yeah. A few businesses who had successfully pivoted and I'm, here I am months into the middle of a project I'm calling the Pivot Project. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm listening, right? I'm reading this. And there were a bunch of good stories in there, but yours yours stuck out to me, and that's why I reached out to you cold uh, just days ago. I mean, this just happened, and the reason I reached out to you is because it said that you were going to you you were obviously doing virtual, of course, yeah. but it also said you were doing app based, and you started this conversation by talking about the fact that you launched the app like before the lockdowns even happened, and so now it's been like about 10 months, almost a year, I can't believe it's been almost a year that we've been doing this, but it's been almost a year. Um, Tell me, what is the app, what is it for, and how is it going? So I've been working on this project for a long time. So realistically, I, I started working with one team back when I first started out as a, as a personal trainer, which is when I was 21. I just finished university and I was like, okay, right. I want to try and build something that allows me to support my client base that streamlines my whole process. And by the time that I'd finished developing that first version, the way in which I trained people had completely changed. So I then had to restart the whole process and try and build build over so and then that just kept on happening and kept on happening because obviously it was a side project and I was working full-time 60 hours a week in a gym didn't have the time really to be liaising with the with the tech team as much as I should have done and then obviously anytime that something changed I would have to try and go in a whole new direction and, and restart and it was it it's just been something that I've been building and thinking about for a long time and it was the the basic premise of it was 
how can I make sure that I can manage a wide client base with varying training strategies, varying training approaches, different nutritional habits, different goals? What do I need as a coach to make sure that that's, that can be done as efficiently as it possibly can? So now I, I finally got to a point back in January where we'd pretty much nailed how I wanted to program the sessions, how I wanted to build my exercise database, how I wanted that to be displayed to the client, how everything was going to kind of pull together and fortunately managed to just get it out, like you said, just before um, just before the lockdown happened, which was, I mean, amazing, amazing timing. And the whole <laughs> premise premise of it, 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 well, it was amazing and, and terrible timing all at once, right? Because I, I launched a digital product at the same time as every personal trainer on the planet suddenly realized they had no physical product and were giving away their digital product for free. So it's like, okay, right, I've just, I'm just launching this product. I want to charge this much, but every other personal trainer is currently doing IG live workouts and putting that out for free into the world and into the marketplace, which no one can resent them for because at the end of the day, we were all scrabbling, trying to figure out what we sure, were going to do. Sure. But yeah, so luckily that kind of came out. And now through that, what I've been doing is I've still been able to program for people on a one-to-one -one basis. So I've been able to create specific programs for people to do at home or with whatever gym equipment they have available to them in parks and fields, wherever they want to train. But also what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to build a class-based system through it. So a system whereby people have access to three different training sessions a day one focused kind of primarily on strength, one focused on movement, one focused on speed that can translate into a gym-based product if we go back to a gym training in a gym environment, but for now can also be done at home. And that's kind of been where my attention's been. So trying to build an exercise database of home-based exercises and trying to find a way to build a community around these kind of this, this, this three-pronged approach, basically. So yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's that's amazing. First, I, I, I feel... I really feel you when you said at the exact same time, everybody decided to give everything they do away for free on the internet, uh, which is what I watched all my friends and colleagues in magic because many, many people I obviously connected with are still they're full time magicians because that was my world for so long. And I watched in March last year, March 2020. So many bad live stream magic shows, <laughs> just so many. Yeah. And who could blame them? Like you said, they magicians, they were, you know, a lot of most magicians do don't ever make it to the point where they tour the world and whatever. Right. They don't make it to I'm sure most personal trainers don't make it to the point where they're like at this level of success. I got really lucky. Um, I'm sure, you know, you're doing really well for yourself. Most people in most industries who are self-employed skate by. And they're very happy with that, right? I remember when I was a struggling young magician and couldn't rub two nickels together thinking if all I could ever do is live with four roommates and just eat beans and if I could pay my bills with magic tricks, that would be a good life to me. Like that's that was my dream, right? It was just, can I pay my basic necessity bills with magic tricks? Um, yep. And so many magicians are like that. They're full-timers. Some of them have been full-time for 20 years. 30 years, they've always made it. They've always scraped enough together, enough gigs. But 
this completely destroyed them. And so those kind of people, they didn't have the systems in place to shift to high-end virtual with clients that were willing to pay for virtual magic shows. And so they were just doing anything they could. They were just giving their art away, which in one hand is beautiful. There was so much free art being given away when the world really needed it. And on the other hand, they shot themselves in the foot because a month later, six weeks later, when they realized this world's staying, how do you go from giving it all away for free to charging for it? You don't. The people who were giving away for free found it very difficult to start charging two months later for the exact same thing. So I'll interrupt you because I, I disagree slightly, just in the sense of, so from a personal training perspective, obviously all of these individuals were giving away live classes for free and building up a, building up a following through these live classes you probably aren't going to get to a point where you can charge for a live class by, by using that mechanism, but you could get to a, but obviously it's about understanding what your business is and what your product is. So I gave away live classes for free, but in order to then generate attention so that I could then find some, some way that I could add additional value on top of those live classes. So I could still continue to give away my class system online through Instagram for free now and probably still charge people to buy my product and buy into my product because the product has an additional output so for me what each of those workouts i understand that each of those workouts i've created has a training benefit it's going to have a training effect each of them has a specific stimulus and through my app i've been able to program a way that those clients can see how much of an impact each of those training sessions they do so long as they mark they've completed them how much of an impact that's going to have on their fitness long term. So it's as much as you we can say, oh, well, you can't give away that product for free because then you'll never be able to charge for it. If you can find another level to that product that you can then place on top, then there is the, an element of, there is a way you can progress out of that. That's, I, I'm, that's exactly right. No, I, I 100% agree with you. So what you've done is you've, you've not given away the product you're selling for free. What you've given away is, um, are the exercises, right? But they're, but what people are paying for is the feedback on the exercises that they're doing, which they don't get when they just watch it and do it on their own on Instagram. They have no idea if they're doing it right, if they're getting what they are want out of it. That's, that's the next level that they're paying for with you to a yep. certain degree, right? You're not, they're not just getting the exact same videos and nothing else that they already watched for free. This was the problem with magicians. They were doing their entire one hour shows for free. On, on live streams. And then what somebody goes to pay you, what are you going to give them more than your full show? I mean, what that's else, is, what else yeah. is there, right? They weren't doing 20 minute, you know, little, oh, let me show you a little one trick thing. And if you want to book a virtual show, you can book a virtual show and I'll do the whole thing for your private event. Um, so magicians did by and large did not have the foresight that you did. Um, some did, and they've been very successful in the last year. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like you really understood the model of, okay, it's really no different than marketers have been doing for ages on the internet, which is lead lead magnets, give away a free ebook, get an email address, build a community, and then sell the next step, right? Yep. No, exactly. Yeah. So it's going okay then? I mean, it's going, it's going pretty well. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy so far. We're, um, we're about to try and launch a new product. I was, so we got, our lockdown got eased just before Christmas and there was, it looked like it was probably going to continue into the new year. So I was preparing to launch this kind of new new version of the product in gyms as of February. Um, but obviously now we're back in back in the same environment. We're back into in lockdown. I'm back in my bedroom. 
So I'm redeveloping that at the moment to launch that in in a home based environment, and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what the uh, what the interest is in that because it's going to be um going to be fun. I mean, at the end of the day, it's I, I've I've done the work. Now it's let's see what what happens off the back of that. So cool. it's awesome. It's a, I love that you've found a way to still deliver for people. You use the word service uh, way back at the beginning of this conversation that that coming at it from a service point of view of I'm here to serve my clients, my audience. And what can I do? You, you're you're looking for a way to continue making the living. So, you you know, in that sense, people could look at it, and be like, oh, you're being selfish. You're finding that you're trying to get people to pay for stuff. Well, yeah, aren't we all? But if you, if I can find a way for people to pay me, so I make a living at the same time, I'm delivering them something that's worth more than what they're paying. Everybody wins, right? Isn't that exactly the goal? right? When, like when, every, when, every right. single business model is built on that sort of approach. You're providing someone with something that they see value in, and they're paying for that particular product. If, so, exactly. if I was providing people with something that had no value, then I wouldn't expect anyone to pay me for it. But the fact is, I'm trying to right. find a way that I can add value to someone's life, regardless of the situation we're finding ourselves in, and awesome. asking to be reimbursed for that effort as well. So, yeah, it's 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 awesome. So, Xavier, I've got uh, just a few quick uh, questions, the three quick questions that I ask absolutely everybody uh, in these pivot interviews uh, as a way to categorize all of them to get a better sense of at the macro level at the end of this whole project where everybody kind of stands and and how different industries reacted and survived and thrived in some cases. The first question is, how would you describe your 2020 in one word? Uh, I'm going to put a positive spin on it and I'll go with transformative. Transformative. It's I, yeah. that doesn't surprise me based on the conversation we've already had. I like I like that. You want you want to expand on that a little bit or? So I mean, the year could have the the year gave me the opportunity to reflect a lot on my business and what my product was and who I was, and it's given me the opportunity to formulate new ideas and develop a new product and come out of the other side, having studied more, learned more, developed more. It's been great. It's, I mean, yeah. from that perspective, it's been great. They've been obviously, but they've been terrible parts of it. But sure, it's yeah, the positive element yeah. of it is that it has completely transformed the way in which I'm going to do business moving forward and the way that I'm going to live my life moving forward. Hopefully, so yeah, yeah, and 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 what I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, but that you've got new avenues, new ways to deliver your your service and your product and help people change what they're looking to change in their lives in addition to the way we've always done it. So when we end up in a post-COVID world, whatever that actually looks like, it's not really sure if there's ever going to be a post-COVID world for real, but vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. Once we're back to living some semblance of what our life used to be, you're going to have the way you used to do business and all these clever, creative new ways to reach a wider audience and a more equitable, um, uh, in a more equitable, equitable fashion is that is that is that about right it's about right yeah i I mean the big the big thing for me one of the things that i mentioned a lot in the in the bbc article that was that you read was um the whole idea around what's going to happen post covid and how things how things are going to change because i don't necessarily think things will return to where they were but i don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either i just think Mm. that i'll be able to provide some sort of version of the product that i was providing before regardless of that of whatever circumstance we enter into so yeah i'm yeah. excited to see what that is and then adapt to it yeah 
That's great. That's great. So one of the questions I was going to ask you was, what is your outlook on the future of your business? But you just answered that. So we will skip. Uh, so uh, you're excited to I see. Go, what I, that's can go, I can go like. into more detail if you want me to. But yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't um, want to bore your fans. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, if 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 there's something really significant that you want to add add to that, I mean, what you know, your outlook. You said you're excited. You're positive. Um, there's more to it, though. So I mean, I, the the big thing that I've seen, or the thing that I'm I'm predicting is going to happen. Bear in mind, the vast majority of my predictions so far for the past year have been completely wrong. Um, <laughs> is we're seeing like quite a big move towards remote working and remote living. So people, because of the fact they don't need to go into the office as much, are moving away from city centres. So where gyms used to exist in this kind of city centre environment, providing a space where people could go and get physical activity because of the fact they weren't able to get physical activity in their day-to-day life because they lived in the city centre, worked in the city centre, were surrounded by a concrete jungle, couldn't really go out for a walk. That's all changing. So more people are now moving further away from the city centre, have more outdoor space, have more free time, are able to engage more in leisure, are able to engage more in that sort of side of things. So I think the fitness industry just needs to evolve and adapt to provide a service that supports that. So we don't need masses and masses of cardio equipment in a gym environment anymore because people can get their cardio outdoors near home in that additional free time they've got. What you do need from a gym environment is you need somewhere where you can provide a progressive training stimulus. So you'll still need weights equipment, but you'll probably want to have a more functional open space to support people living a more active and functional lifestyle. So Mm. that's where I kind of see my business kind of heading and supporting people from a nutrition standpoint as well, because... People, if people have more time, they can spend more time in the kitchen. And as a result of that, they can focus more on their food, which is one of the other benefits that I've had over the course of lockdown is I've not had to eat all of my meals sat in an office environment from 7 in the morning until 8 p.m. in the evening. I can now prep my food at home. What And what a beautiful thing. On, the, on that note, I, I mean, I've been traveling for 16 years, well, 15 years until lockdown. Now it's been a yeah, year I since then. For 15 years, I... Even though I'm skinny, I am not in good shape. I never have been because the the putting, you know, 40,000 miles a year on a car plus being in, you know, 100 plus plus flights a year, eating fast food, three meals a day, restaurants on the road, anytime in between you could. It was, you know, I was not healthy, just skinny. I just was born like this. I didn't do anything for this. You know, I have no, I don't have an exercise for I never had time because of my travel schedule. But for the last year, and I love good home cooked food. I'm from an Italian family and I cook and I enjoy cooking. For the last year, my wife and I made home cooked meals three times a day. Like we would order out once every two weeks for fun or order in curbside pickup as it were. Yeah, Whole new yeah. industry. We, hey, you, you forget how new that is. It's such a normal part of life now, having people just come out and put stuff in your trunk of your car. Um, but what a weird world. But yeah, man, I, I got to tell you, we've spent yeah more time in the kitchen in the sense of just making real, actual, I feel healthier and in better shape, even though I still don't, I don't exercise, don't shoot me. But <laughs> even though I don't exercise, I'm in better health. I feel better on a daily basis than I had ever. <laughs> I mean, it makes, it makes a huge difference. It really, because it's that whole thing of food isn't just about what food gives you. It's also about the emotional element of that and the kind of spiritual element of that potentially for some people. So that whole thing of just having that opportunity to be a bit more mindful about what you're eating actually sit down and prep it and spend time with your family doing that. All of that kind of goes into improving your sense of health as well. So it's not just, 
oh, well, I'm, I'm eating the right thing. It's I'm eating the right thing, but I'm eating it with the right mindset, with the right people in a relaxed environment, and I'm happy while I'm doing it. And that's, yeah, a huge, a huge benefit that a lot of people have experienced. So yeah. Awesome. Uh, before I ask you this one last quick question, uh, where would you like people to go find you who want to know about you as an individual, you as a personal brand, you as a personal trainer? Where should they go find you? <laughs> Uh, the main place that I work in, in social media is uh, is Instagram. So if you follow at Multiply Performance, that's the best place to to find out what I'm doing and how things have progressed with my life since uh, since this interview. Awesome at Multiply Performance. That will be in the show notes description. Some virtual reality place in the distant future, wherever this happens to be. Uh, I, I keep trying to plan for the Some future. Some virtual so. reality place in the near future, right? In the near future, yesterday probably. Um, so, so, last last question, and you can we can be quick on this one because we've you've really addressed some of this stuff pretty thoroughly at this point. But in particular, what characteristics or personality traits of yours would you say were critical to your success in the last year? So I'd say that the fact that I'm a really hardworking individual has probably helped. The fact that I've got quite a lot of energy, that I'm quite adaptable. But I think the bigger thing really is the lack of, this is going to sound weird, but like the, <laughs> the lack of ego almost is, so I've, I've, I've never really, I, I'm aware that I'm, I'm good at what I do, but I don't get so wrapped up in what I do and make that such a huge part of who I am. And by not kind of binding myself to something or saying that I am this set concrete thing, it's allowed me to change the way that I operate and the way I do business. And that's been, I mean, that's been really useful. So I think if you can let go of who you think you are, it gives you that opportunity to adapt and become who you need to be in whatever environment you're going into. That went smoother than I Mike expected. Drop. Mike <laughs> drop. That's a perfect way to end this conversation. Uh, man, Zabir, this has been uh, more, uh, better, more, more better conversation. I'm losing. It's it's been a long conversation. You're talking no. to a personal trainer. You're doing great with words. Don't worry. <laughs> I speak for a living. Can you tell? Uh, so no, I I've really really enjoyed this conversation. It went in more places um, than I expected it to go, and deeper in other places than I expected it to go. So thank you so much for uh, for showing up, for being vulnerable, for sharing your story. You know these are tough things to talk about, and I will be following. Uh, you on Instagram and maybe you will convince me to do anything in the realm of exercise. <laughs> I look forward to hearing what you get up to. Man. No, thank you. Honestly, thank you so much for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. I've, yeah, this is this is something I really want to do more. Of. So yeah, no, I appreciate you having me here. 